Ladies and gentlemen, warning, spoilers ahead. I'll drink to Mr. Scrooge, even though he is odious, stingy, and badly dressed. That's scary stuff. Should we be worried about the kids in the audience? No, it's all right. This is culture. Good evening, and welcome to television. Hello! Hello! Oh, whoa! Hey! I'm a Philip And I'm Wayne Stellini. Welcome to Fredwatch, where we view and review films, everything from the mainstream to the obscure. Welcome to our Fredwatch Christmas special. Yes! We are getting into the spirit of Christmas by reviewing The Muppet Christmas Carol. Tell us about it, Janet! <laughs> the Muppet Christmas Carol is a 1992 family musical directed by Brian Henson the first to be produced following the death of the Muppets creator, Jim Henson, two years earlier. Ebenezer Scrooge's redemption from bitter old tycoon to compassionate and generous businessman on Christmas Eve is narrated through the lens of the great Gonzo as Charles Dickens and Rizzo the Rat as himself, along with the full cast of the Muppets, fulfilling the various roles from Dickens' 1843 novella, A Christmas Carol. Wayne. Yes, Philip. What are your thoughts? Well, I'd seen The Muppet Christmas Carol quite a long time ago when mm-hmm. I was a lot younger and more open and not so <laughs> cynical about the world around me. Yes. And do you remember actually enjoying the film? Yeah. In the canon of Muppets films, I've always remembered this one as not being one of my favourites. Yeah. So I was quite keen to revisit it today, I think, because I just wanted to see, well... Do I still have those feelings? Am I still bitter and cynical? (laughs) Uh, Or, you know, am I going to just absolutely fall in love with it? Yeah. I found myself watching it this time around with you, so the second time only that I've seen it, almost feeling like the first time I'm watching it, Mm. but this time really enjoying it. And, yeah, just really falling into the story. Look... When you've got the Muppets, and regardless of what the Muppets are doing, whether you're watching something from the 70s, whether you're watching something that they've just made this year or in recent times, you always feel a sense of nostalgia, I feel. So even if it's something fresh and new, you've never seen it before, the characters have been in your childhood. So it feels like you're revisiting old friends, even if the story is new. What's fun about this is that they're taking an established story, narrative, one that we're familiar with, even if we don't know the intricate details. Yep. We all know the terms, being a Scrooge, Bar Humbug, the Three Ghosts, so we know all of these little signposts of the narrative. So we are in familiar territory, and we are with familiar characters as well. Admittedly, when we started off having Gonzo and Rizzo addressing us, narrating the story you know, telling us what's happening. Mm-hmm. That put me off a little bit. I felt like I didn't need that. In saying that, look, it's a family film. Its main audience is children, I suppose. So it needs that little assistance, I suppose, through the narrative. Overall, revisiting it, I remembered practically nothing from my first <laughs> viewing. So really watching it for the first time, it feels. This one really won me over. Nice. Yes, there's no bitterness or cynicism here. (laughs) I mean, look, I love Christmas. It's my favourite time of the year. I love Christmas stories. I love the Muppets. This was ticking a lot of boxes for me. So, Phil, you've got quite an affinity (laughs) for the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes, so this is actually my favourite Christmas movie of all time. Yeah. I absolutely adore it. I 
know the songs off by heart. I could <laughs> quote most of it. I can hit all the points. And I've never found myself, even as a teenager, where, you know, you have the whole movie night and you go, oh, gosh, I just want to be elsewhere. <laughs> and Christmas at our place, I used to have that every night you'd watch a Christmas movie leading up to yeah. Christmas from December 1st. Yes. After a while, you sort of get a little Christmas doubt. <laughs> you can. The Muppet Christmas Carol is the... We'd always listen to it Christmas Eve, watch Christmas Eve, and I'd always look forward to it regardless. Yeah. So it's the exception to the rule. It's the exception to the rule, most yes. certainly. And you were definitely sort of humming along and there's <laughs> a few lyrics being spattered out and a few lines as well. And I think you were even doing some motions yep. that yep. the Muppets were doing and the characters were doing. So you really do know this film. <laughs> most certainly. And love it. And, you know, I can see why. Yeah. I can see the charm in it. Mm. Admittedly, I probably won't have the same affinity for it <laughs> as you do. But again, experiencing it, what feels like for the first time, because I didn't really remember anything of it. I'd even forgotten that Michael Caine was in it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. That's how little yeah. I remembered of it. I can definitely see its appeal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as a quick note to what you were saying before, so Brian Henson actually got Gonzo and Rizzo to narrate because he wanted to keep that narration and prose of the original novel. Yes. So yes, this is uh, based on Charles Dickens' uh, novel. Yes, quite sophisticated language. That's it. You know. And they wanted to be able to keep that feel, so that's actually why the narration was there. And I get what you're saying, because a lot of movies, when you have that narration, you instantly, especially as writers, we instantly yeah. think, oh, there's the lazy... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the lazy writer's way out but for this I personally feel and I agree with Brian Henson here because it is of a book that everyone knows as you know that, that sort of prose sort of thing it's not just sort of oh this is the movie of the book yes to keep that sort of feel in it I feel allowed the storytelling to uh, be expanded. Yeah, and I can actually see where that's coming from because by replacing a lot of the characters with Muppets, you're already taking it out of its world, yes. so to speak. Yes. I mean, yes, it's set in the time that it's set, yes. as with the Navala, yep. but you know they could have gone further with it and modernised it, for yeah, example, yeah, yeah. like the movie Scrooge with Bill Murray. Yes, yes. But in this case, they're playing it straight, so yeah, to speak, and what I also found was that, because, yes, it's a comedy film, it's a musical, it has the Muppets, it's appealing to children and whole families, mm. the Gonzo and Rizzo components add the humour to yes. the story. Because, yes, there's touches without them, but they really provide most of it. Yes. So I can appreciate well, that that's where you are entertaining the kids as well who probably might see it a bit bleak or maybe not really understanding the full context of what's going on. Yes, most certainly. No. And uh, again, um, interesting you say that uh, because Michael Caine, um, when he was first offered the role or told about the role, etc., yeah. um, he said, I'm going to play this movie like I'm working with the Royal Shakespeare Company. I will never wink, I will never do anything Muppety, and I'm going to play Scrooge as if it's an utterly dramatic role and there are no puppets around me. To which Henson replied, yes, bang on. Well, And that that's it. Yeah, playing it straight. Yeah, that's Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I find that if we broaden... The, the scope of Muppet entertainment. And mm. There is a lot <laughs> to yes, choose from yes. TV and film and so forth. The human actors yes. in the shows, in the films, 
always play it straight. That's it. That's and it. we as audience members, and I know I absolutely do too, I don't see Muppets. No, that's it. These are characters. Yeah. These are living, breathing creatures from my childhood mm-hmm. who are still fortunate to be working today, <laughs> entertaining me. They are mayhem personified. Yes, most certainly. So, no, I, and Michael Caine's mindset, his approach, absolutely spot on. Mm. Because you're respecting the story and you're respecting what makes the Muppets work. Yes. It's not like a self-referential thing. I'm working with Muppets. Yes. Be quiet, you're just if, a Muppet. But this being the first piece done since Jim Henson's death, you could also see, though, before that, yes, there were movies and stuff before that, but most people's view of the Muppets was the Muppet Show, where a lot of the human uh, guests yep. did Muppety stuff. They did. I no, think not that, all of them, but yeah. a lot of them did. Well, I think it was also in terms of that was the style of the show, though. Yeah, that's Because, it. you know, it was set in a theatre and performance, yeah. and it was cartoony. Yeah, that's The it. Muppets behaved cartoony. Some of the guests yeah, did, too. Yeah. But that's, I think, where you could see that um, having not really seen a, a, a Muppet movie before that, right. necessarily, yes. you could see when Michael Caine sort of come in and going, right, I don't want it to be the Muppet show, I want yeah. to do this properly. And I think that, because then after this, I think, comes um, Muppet Treasure Island, which is, again, very similar sort of thing. Yes. Mayhem going on around, but the human actors are human, are straight characters. Yeah, playing it straight. straight. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Again, I think that contrast works because it's not to separate Muppet with human per se, but it's to enhance yes. the anarchy yes. of the Muppets and why we love them. They That's are it. they are rebels. Yes. They are outcasts yes. in their own right. And yes, they're stars of their own films mm. and so forth. And what I love about it, and I love this about any comedy or show that does this. So mm. uh, we're talking The Goon Show, we're talking Python, we're talking Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Anything that all people involved, all characters involved, just accept the world they live in. Oh, absolutely. Which to me is why, as a side note, things like Space Jam didn't work as well. Yes. Because Michael Jordan's character, I've watched, started watching it recently to, as a bit of nostalgia, and I realised why I didn't like it. Okay. Because Michael Jordan's character doesn't accept the world initially. No. Well, he even they says are separate. Well, doesn't he even say Bugs Bunny, you're a cartoon or something yeah, along it, those lines? It, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What, what's going on? You're a cartoon, and it is this separate separation of yeah. the two, of the Looney Tunes world and the real world. Yes, and that to me doesn't mold as well. That doesn't do, because you have to then take time to accept that there are these worlds and that there's this yeah. difference, and you have everyone going, "Oh, what do you mean cartoons are alive?" And, yeah. Well, it's like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit the animated characters are acknowledged yeah. as cartoons. That's what they are. They're tunes. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like a, ooh, it's more of a, like you're talking about two different races or species yes, or, or communities. And I feel like it's the same with the Muppets as well. That's you know, it. Muppets are a type of people, if that's you will. It, that's yeah. it. Uh, no, exactly. And I really, really enjoy that of these movies. Yeah. So within the Muppet Christmas Carol, all the big names are there. Yep. Each fulfilling a different role. Yes. So, for example, Bob Cratchit, um, who in the novella is a worker for Ebenezer Scrooge, played, as we said, by Michael Caine. Yes. He is played by Kermit the Frog. The one and only. The one and only. Bob Cratchit's wife, of course, is played by Miss Piggy. My girl. 
Um, it's not a it's not a secret to anyone who knows me how much I love Miss Piggy. She is my <laughs> favourite Muppet. Yeah. All time favourite Muppet. Animal is mine. Oh yeah, it doesn't Animal. surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone who knows me thinks it's Kermit the Frog because oh you like frogs? No, Animal. <laughs> ah, um, followed by Swedish Chef and Beaker. Yes. And not necessarily in those three. <laughs> There's so many great characters to There's, choose from. There is, there and is. this is the thing, like, I love pretty much all of the Muppets. I remember when I was a child, Rolf the dog was my favourite. Yeah. I just thought he was so cute. Yep. And watching some of the old Muppet Show episodes as an adult, I fall in love with Rolf all over yep, again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have Waldorf and Sattler mm-hmm. as the uh, Marley brothers. Which, in the book, there is only Marley, yes. Mr. Marley. And, um, but they split it into the Marley brothers to incorporate the two Muppets. Because you can't have one without the exactly. other. Exactly. They're our favourite critics. Exactly. And really, I guess if you want to think about it, they're the only two cynical Muppets. Yes. So, in this regard, you needed a human to play Scrooge. Yes. Because would we have accepted a Muppet... No, we would not. ...as Scrooge? Probably we, not. I really do not think so yeah and then you have Sam the Eagle as uh, <laughs> the teacher um, Fuzzy love uh, Sam the Eagle love, Sam. love it is the American way <laughs> it is the British way <laughs> so good um, Fuzzy Bear yes. as um, Scrooge's first uh, boss yes um and it goes through all these, you know, all the characters you see, all the people, even the vegetables have a role. <laughs> yes. You know, it, it's just really, it, you can see that they wanted to put everyone in and their heart and soul into it after the passing of Jim Henson. And there's this element where there really isn't a Muppet star, if you will. If you, yes. If you want to look at screen time, yes, you could argue Gonzo and Rizzo because mm-hmm. they appear top to tail, yep. maybe argue Kermit because his character yep. you know, is, is, prominent. is so prominent, but Miss Piggy mm-hmm. has her role, from, like you said, they've all mm. got their roles, but it's not necessarily about any of the Muppet characters so much. This is actually noted as the very first time that Kermit has not starred in a Muppet movie. Yeah, and look, there isn't part of me that doesn't know how I feel about that, <laughs> but... I- it works for this, I feel. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think, personally, I think it was cast well, and here we go, talking about the casting of Muppets. But no, but go for it. I think it was definitely cast well. You definitely could not have had Kermit as Scrooge. No, of course not. It, it would not have... I don't think it would have worked with any of them, to be honest. No. You know. Even Statler and Waldorf. Yes. Even if you just had one of them. Which or, you can never have. Or you made a Scrooge Muppet. Yeah. You needed that human yes. to be... The, the 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 central role of that because yes. I think the the human watchers needed someone to be able to connect to connect to and not only that and that also explains Phil, why there are other human characters yes. in the film there aren't many no which is fine mm. actually it's more than fine really yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the balance is all right and it's fine because you never want to forget that this is a Muppet movie That's because it, look, the yeah. central focus you're right is a human yes it's a human actor. Mm. So we need that littering, that space filled with Muppets. Yes. Because, again, these are characters that we just love. That's it. And one thing that I love when I watch Muppet films, because, yes, you've got your normal band of characters who are prominent, but they always feel like ensemble pieces 
yes. to me. And it's always fun, especially in huge crowd scenes, spotting out the different characters yep. Who, yep. who appear who, and have little cameos. Who have they made who. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, this is done so well here, I feel. Mm, most mm. certainly. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the music. Yes, because, please. Because, of course, this is a musical. Absolutely. And this, for me, is some of the finest music within a Muppets movie. Myself, and no, I, you know what, Philip? I actually have to agree with you, mm. and I love musicals as a general rule, yep, but only when they're done well, yeah, because sometimes there can be songs that just do not drive the story forward, yep. and you're like, Well, you're just throwing a song in there for the sake the of sake it, of song, yeah. and ballads, especially, I am critical of because <laughs> if they are not hitting the emotional beats that they should, yep, my goodness, do they slow the yes, film down and yes. just drag it on. I have absolutely zero percent criticism of the music in this film. Absolutely perfect. Go for it, mate. So the music was composed by Miles Goodman um, with songs written by Paul Williams. Yep. For me, the songs are just amazing. Yeah. I, I sing them out. Um, we actually have the Muppet Christmas Carol uh, music book at home. We are able to play the music on keyboard or Dad strums it out on the guitar. Yeah. We all sing along. It's just <laughs> so nice. Yeah. One thing that I wanted to sort of point out was um, one of the songs, mm. <laughs> it's called When Love Is Gone. Yes, yeah, so I don't think I heard it no, in this you, film. you wouldn't have. No, okay. Um, it's sung by Belle, who is Scrooge's fiance slash we meet her during um fuzzy winkle's party yeah um they sort of meet it's in the flashback with the yes. ghost christmas past yep. and they then sort of knock forward to a thing where um scrooge essentially i think the fiance fiance's and he's talking about business 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 she's saying well not everything's business yeah and he's like come on everything's got to be business it's money and you like the nice things and all that sort of stuff and she said it's more to do with and she leaves him and there's this heart-wrenching song when love is gone yeah it was dropped from the theatrical release even after the uh, objections from brian yeah at the request of disney chairman jeffrey katzenberg sorry essentially thought it was too sad for children. Right. And it is. It's a really sad song. So you get it in some of the, uh, like the VHS release, the Laserdisc release, the first DVD, which apparently I don't have. Yeah. But not on any subsequent releases. Yeah. It's not aired on television like that. Wow. Um, and it actually causes a really jarring edit. Right. Because you see, it goes from her saying, we can't be together to a sort of a, a cut pan where you can see it initially was meant to be a pan across right to Rizzo and Gonzo bawling their eyes out yes when that emotion hasn't sort of been earned or led up to because she's just, they've essentially just gone their separate ways yeah there hasn't been any soul defining or where like you were just saying wanting a song to drive the narrative that song drove that whole narrative arc yes that's the part where you see he's trying to keep hold of her while still being the Scrooge that he is his part his future self starts joining in with it and it's just so sad and heart rendering and it's just 
ripped out of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were saying, Philip, it's you know on the first DVD release, which is presented in full screen yes. to reflect home TVs at the time. Yep. You know, it isn't a part on the, the TV airings and any subsequent releases, so not mm-hmm. even like Blu-ray or Netflix. Yep. Which is such a shame. Oh, yeah. Um, especially for a medium such as Blu-ray and DVD now, where you can yeah. have different versions. You can yeah, play yeah, it with yeah. the song, without, without the, the song. song. Exactly. You can have the song as a separate feature, as a deleted yep. scene. Not ideal, but at least no, it was no. there, so you can sort of see that, it for so yourself. Even on the DVD I've got, I couldn't find in the background stuff, you yeah. know, deleted scene, oh, here's the song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So have you actually ever heard the song yes. or only heard of it? Okay, yeah. yes. we've heard it. It leads me to believe that at one point we had the VHS <laughs> yes, or the first be. DVD. So it's but... not on the album or the soundtrack album, to your knowledge? Um, not to my knowledge, okay. no. Yeah. Um, it is, however, in the book. <laughs> right, in the book that you all sing at Christmas. Not a problem. So, yeah, so that's just, again, a nice little interesting fact about the music. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a, it's a definite shame. And they actually refer to it as the ending song. So, again, lots of musicals, the last song you have is a reprise of some major song that you had. Yeah, something significant. That's it. And the end song for the Muppets is a mix of Feels Like Christmas mm-hmm. and The Love Is Gone because in the re- in the, the reprise it's actually The Love We've Found. Yes. Uh, referring to the idea that he's now found, found his love. Well, found he's, his, he's making his, up for the past. Exactly. Yeah, and what a shame, because that's a beautiful framing yes. of Scrooge's journey. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So, sort of moving on from there, the retelling of classics. Yes. We, we've always, you know, there's always that debate, oh, the book versus the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, the Christmas Carol has had so many different retakes. Mm-hmm. From, like you mentioned earlier, um, Bill Murray's uh, Scrooge, yep. to Muppet uh, Christmas Carol, to, I believe I've seen a version uh, 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 of um, the Flintstones. Quite possible. What's your thoughts on pieces like this being retold over and over? Well, look, it's a testament to a text when it keeps getting adapted. And there are a few ways you can look at it. Some people will be like, oh, not another retelling <laughs> of A Christmas Carol. Or you could be like, yeah, yeah, another retelling of A Christmas Carol. I love the story. What are they going to do with it? And sometimes you've got repeated straight tellings. Those ones you tend to go, well, is there really a point? Is it worth it? So in the context of this film, because it does have the Muppets involved, yes, they still do play it straight to quite a degree. Mm. It's something fresh. Mm-hmm. You've still got a bit of brand of humour in it. It's presented as a family film. Yep. So, I don't know. I feel like I'm okay for adaptations. They do not bother me. Every story has been told anyway. (laughs) So, this at least says, well, we're going to take an established story and present it this way. Also, if children in your family or in your life have not heard of the Dickens story, and let's face it, children are unlikely to read the original (laughs) novella. What a beautiful way of presenting the idea. The story, the themes, the key components, they're all there. They're presented in a fun way. And it's really interesting, again, I've actually started to, I never finished it, I really should have, but I started to actually read the novella. Okay. And his style of writing, you almost sit there and go, he actually wanted to write a play. Okay. His style of writing was done for 
a very Victorian era yes. where he, I, I reckon he knew, not having done the research, but I reckon <laughs> he knew that he was going to be performing this in front of audience. Okay. So it's written very much in a way, the narration that Gonzo gives, okay, whilst muppified, yes. a lot of it is that word for word, that, you know, the Marley was dead to begin with. Yes. That sort of narration is in the book, yeah. but it's still very much a storyteller style of writing as opposed yes. to uh, something else where it's sort of set in the scene or whatever. Yes. This is, he actually went for that narration. There's a point where, again, Gonzo goes, um, now remember, the Marley brothers were dead. Um, you have to know this um, <laughs> so that what comes next seems whimsical or, yeah. or fantasyful or whatever. That's in the, uh, the version of that is in the book. It's written like that. Yeah. In that sort of, now I'm telling you a tale. Yes. Sort of thing. So It's interesting because that's very heavy exposition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but again, this is coming from a different time. Yes. Where you perhaps needed that. I know literacy mm. wasn't that huge mm. for a lot of people. Maybe it was written for a younger audience. Mm. I'm not going to claim at all that I'm an expert on Dickens. And I'm an expert on Gonzo Dickens. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and perhaps, and maybe our listeners can let us know, yeah. Dickens just wrote like that. Because he just wrote like that. Maybe yeah. that's how he told all of his stories. Maybe. Maybe he... I not read enough of him. No, same. So, maybe he grew up in the theatre, so that's how he's thinking. It mm. could, again, just be his style. It works. So, yes. it worked in the medium of text because we can see the book yes. in this film through Gonzo and through other little elements as well. Yes. And we can see that it works in the medium of film. Yes. Especially for a film that's targeted primarily at younger people. Yes. Children. Yes. With that in mind, though... Yes. Children. Yes. This is one of the darker <laughs> Muppet movies. Yeah. What do we think? What do we do? We think this is still child friendly. Do we think this is as family friendly as they were hoping it to be? I can't really talk about what they were hoping it to be. It was fine for children back in the day, and considering the sort of films released for children, mm. I think this is perfectly fine. Yep. Again, you've got Gonzo and Rizzo to break that up a little bit. Even some of the darker elements, you're watching Muppets. Yeah, and yes, children will relate to them as though these Muppets are real. Some adults, myself included, will Ugh. fall into it that they are real. So you are in this world and everything is believable, but you still feel safe because these characters are recognisable, these performers are. I think it works perfectly fine. Let's think about some of the bigger films made for children in the last 10, 20 years even, mm -hmm. or since the release of The Muppet Christmas Carol, Harry Potter, yeah. extraordinarily dark. Yep. The Witches, Dark. Yep. So, Adam's Family, a lot of dark elements. Yep, yep. I don't think it's scarred anyone. Yep. I think it's still perfectly fine for children. How about yourself, Do we? Well, I've come defend it by saying essentially what you've said, that yes, I don't think it's all that dark. But I suppose my question for that, my, my reasoning for that is, you get a lot of things these days where, you know, even, even Sesame Street, they released a bunch of DVDs recently called Sesame Street Classics for Adults Only. Wow. Because they believed that the stuff that they showed back in the day was not suitable for 
children today. Okay. Um, for example, there's a there's a scene where um, Kermit's yelling at Cookie Monster because they're trying to sh- teach emotions. Yes. You know, this is anger. This is forgiveness. This is happiness. Whatever. Uh, Cookie Monster does something wrong. Kermit starts yelling at him, rah, 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 and, and Cookie Monster goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And Kermit turns to the camera and goes, "That was anger, and this is yes. uh, sadness, remorse, yes. whatever the words he uses." So, oh, see, that, uh, that's uh, displaying and talking about emotions. Yeah. I don't see how it's a bad thing. They deemed it a bad thing because Kermit's yelling at, or abusing yeah. Cookie Monster. Yeah, look... A- it- and to me, this is where I sort of get... And I'm not calling, oh, political correctness gone mad. But I will sort of say, why have we seemed to have changed and gone, okay, it's it, somehow right for kids to watch Jurassic Park and, mm. and and this Sesame Street, even to a better thing, this Sesame Street stuff. But now it's not. Now you've got to be a lot gentler and a lot... I think it depends on... Have we just learnt more? Well, I think it depends on the company that's presenting the work. Yes, we have learnt more. We don't just box children in. All children learn the same. All children respond Mm -hmm. the same way. With Sesame Street specifically, not too long ago, they did introduce a Muppet with autism. Mm. And the approach to this particular Muppet was absolutely beautifully done quite sensitively it was really lovely to see and her introduction into Sesame Street was lovely talking about essentially going gentle going easy so if that's the message that Sesame Street are presenting in that there is a variety of children not only by appearance which Sesame Street have always been brilliant at about depicting children of different races, classes, creeds, backgrounds, languages, all of these things. They're now taking it that one step further. So they perhaps don't want to contradict any new messages they're giving out. I still feel like the discussion about feelings and emotions is valid. And I also feel like that Sesame Street, without being an avid viewer of it now, I feel like Sesame Street is still giving that message is still having that discussion but perhaps in a different way and let's be honest based on what children are engaged with these days they'd probably find the old school stuff really boring yeah you know true yeah yeah Yeah, so going into final thoughts do Mm. you think today's children might actually enjoy this oh i absolutely do i think there is so much charm so much appeal. It is lovely. One of the great things is that it only runs for 85 minutes. <laughs> you will keep their attention. Yeah. The music is lovely. Yeah. It drives the story forward. Scrooge's development goes along quite quickly. So if I'm going to be critical, probably too quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. This is a family film. How long do we want to dwell on things? The message comes across. I think it's a beautiful film. I think it's beautifully told. It's engaging. I can't speak highly enough of the music and the songs. I'm such a fan. I'm getting the album. It is yeah. getting played at Christmas yeah. time for me. <laughs> I absolutely adore it. I think it's a lovely film. Perhaps not perfect, but you know what? It doesn't need to be. <laughs> That's it. It is a wonderful adaptation of A Christmas Carol. Four stars. Nice. So, Philip? Well... This was my absolute childhood. This was my growing up from age dot till now. <laughs> I've not missed it a year. So, 
the wonder of it, as you say, the music is beautiful. For me, I can sing the songs almost verbatim. It's always been on my mind when I think Christmas. I think Christmas, I almost certainly will think Muppet Christmas Carol. Five out of five. <laughs> perfect. This, to me, is the uh, ultimate definitive version telling of the Christmas Carol outside of Dickens himself. Wonderful, Phil. That is gorgeous. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Have a very Merry Christmas, everyone. Stay safe. Yes. Um, happy holidays, all that jazz. I've been Phil Hunter. And I've been Wayne Stellini. And, and you've just, just experienced Fred Watch. Cue music. <laughs> it is the season to be done. Oh, Philip, please don't. You've, you've, made me, you've made me sound like a Scrooge now. Bah humbug, Philip. <laughs> and scene. Blooper reel. Take one. The Muppet Christmas Carol is a 1992 family musical directed by Brian Henson. The first... Take two. The Muppet Christmas Carol is a 1992 family musical directed by Brian Henson. The first to be produced following the death of the Muppets creator, Jim Henson, two years earlier. Ebenezer... Take three. Ebenezer Scrooge's redemption from bitter old purse-tight... Take four. Ebenezer Scrooge's redemption from bitter old tight purse tycoon to compassion... Tongue tied this one. Take five. Ebenezer Scrooge's redemption from bitter tight... I'm doing it to myself now. I'm just overthinking it. Yeah, because it seemed like a good idea at the time. Mm. Take six. Ebenezer Scrooge's redemption from bitter old tight purse tycoon... To compassionate and generous businessman on Christmas Eve is narrated through the lens of the great Gonzo as Charles Dickens himself, the Rizzo... Oh. Take seven. And Rizzo the Rat as himself. No, I've messed up the... The momentum. The momentum there. Take eight. Ebenezer Scrooge's redemption from bitter old tight purse tycoon to compassionate and generous businessman on Christmas Eve is narrated through the lens... Take nine. Ebenezer Scrooge's redemption from bitter old tight purse... Purse does not sound right. (laughs) From how about just bitter old tycoon? Yeah. Take ten. Ebenezer Scrooge's redemption from bitter old tycoon to compassionate and generous businessman on Christmas Eve is narrated through the lens of the great Gonzo as Charles Dickens himself and Rizzo the Rat as himself. It doesn't make sense anymore. Humbug.